Welcome to the National Community Church Podcast. We're thrilled to be able to share this weekend's message with you from Pastor Joel Schmigel. You can find us on national.cc or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I think pretty early on in our marriage, we became intentional about connecting with our neighborhood. It just felt a calling to be good neighbors um, and realizing that that really was our our mission field um, and intentionally moving to a neighborhood and being able to put ourselves out there um, to build to build those relationships and get to know people and share our lives with the people around us. I've always felt like one of our primary missions in life is indeed the, the great commandment that our calling is to make disciples. We wake up in the morning, we're looking at that Google calendar with all the colored blocks on there and uh, the temptation is to just rush right into that and I found that a great discipline for me is to stop uh, as I put my feet on the floor before I even stand up out of bed and I'll just say a quick prayer. Um, Lord, where are you at work today and will you guide me to those places? Will you guide me to those people and will you grant me the patience to stop and engage those moments? Yeah, I think there's really simple practical ways that you can involve your neighbors uh, and your co-workers in your life. Um, I'm pretty passionate about smoking meats. I've um, had countless uh, folks walk by and uh, hey, what you cooking there? And uh, if you invite people to, to come partake of that with you, if you knock on their door with a plate in your hand, I haven't been turned away no. once. Uh, they always come. A, yeah, it's a super simple way to, again, slow down, say this is what I'm involved in right now, but how can I, how can I draw folks to be a part of that with us? No, for sure, and being just intentional about being available. And then the next piece of that is being vulnerable. And so I think for me, just really having an understanding of my story, spending time thinking about, you know, not only how did I come to faith, but those standing stones along my faith journey, the times where God has been so faithful, um, you know, all through COVID and, and really over this past year, we've been walking with a, a close friend who's been battling cancer. And, you know, that became something that our, our neighborhood was, was carrying too. It wasn't, just, it wasn't just us, it wasn't just our street. And, um, you know, as we walked alongside of them and, you know, essentially watched our friend die, we were able to draw in others. I mean, I think about, you know, when we got to a point where, you know, she was going to be starting hospice and, and deciding that we wanted to gather people together to pray, we just kind of put that invite out there for people to come. And so many people came, um, you know, people who would say that they didn't have didn't have a faith of their own, um, but just wanted to be a part of that, wanted to be there to be a support. And our friend was encouraged by the people, you know, people who were praying for her. But the number of people who came to us afterwards that said that they were so glad that we did that, that they had either never been to, you know, a prayer uh, service, so to speak, like that, um, or just that they were encouraged to to hear people praying, um, and it just opened a lot of doors for us. I think every time I ask God for one of those opportunities and he gives me that opportunity, I walk away feeling so seen by him. Like the God of all creation just chose me for this opportunity. And it, it just encourages me to do that the next day and the next day and the next day as he uses us. And uh, I would just challenge you guys, if, um, if you're willing to for, for a week, for, for a month, whatever that is, uh, if you would be willing to uh, kind of join us in that uh, foot to the floor moment, if you'd be willing to start your day uh, with kind of 
setting your agenda aside and just asking the Lord where he's at work, what he has for you uh, this day, just this day. Um, you can do it again tomorrow. And I guarantee you, you're going to come back with your own testimonies of how he has offered you those opportunities yeah. and built your faith through them. For sure. That was a sermon. The Johnsons started off today where we left off last week, and Matt challenged us. He said, before your foot hits the floor, pray a prayer. God, where are you at work, and how can I be a part? And because faith is shared, not by accident, it's shared by intention. And so he gave us a very simple Challenge, And so that's why I want to call this message today, Foot to the Floor Intention. Because it starts with a prayer, but it continues with listening and acting out of that prayer in our lives and in our daily walk. And so I pray tomorrow when your foot hits the floor, may God's grace flow out of your mouth. I pray tomorrow when your foot hits the floor that God's love would enter your heart. I pray tomorrow when your foot hits the floor that God's mercy would flow out of your hands. Yeah, yeah. This is not just about praying a prayer. It's about living a prayer. Yes. Somebody else's redemption is on the other side of your intention. That's so good. And so we're going to lean in today, and I'm going to try my best to, to unpack what this is to have foot-to-the-floor intention. I'm going to try to get through four things today. I didn't do it last week, did I? But I'm going to give it a try today, and uh, I'll start us right here. Number one, Develop a prayer state of mind. Develop a prayer state of mind. In 1 Thessalonians 5, we are taught to pray without ceasing. And so to really pray this prayer, God, where are you at work and how can I be a part? To really pray it, it can't end. You can put a comma, you can put a semicolon, you could put a dash, you could put a slash, you could put an umlaut. You couldn't put an umlaut, actually. That doesn't work. But most of the others. But you can't put... A period. The prayer has to continue on as you listen to the Holy Spirit and you act in accordance with him. Last week we had 736 of us sign up. Pretty awesome to commit to praying this prayer every morning for 21 days and then also receiving a text prompt that you get in the morning. In fact, uh, if you didn't sign up and you want to sign up, you can still uh, connect with us for the next 14 days. You'll see information behind me. You'd show this text, CT21, or if you're online, online21, and, uh, and we'll get you the text starting uh, tomorrow. But pretty cool to see on Friday, we gave a prompt question. And you'll remember the question, but it said this. In one word, how would you describe your week of intentional looking, listening, and learning? And check out the word cloud that we put together representing your answers and obviously, the larger words represent more answers for those words. But you see all kinds of things. You see eye-opening. You see challenging. You see aware and different and reflective. But what did God show you this week as you were trying to see where God was at work? And I'll just share a few things because God did some things through me specifically because I was praying this prayer throughout my day. Just a number of things that I noticed that I'll list for us. I bought someone's lunch. I got a specific word of encouragement for a city leader that I then shared with that leader. I paused to recognize somebody who doesn't get recognition. 
I got to know the team over at Call Your Mother Bagel. Everybody needs to get to know the team over at Call Your Mother Bagel. I'm just saying, you know what else you need to get to know? The BLTA. The bacon, lettuce, tomato, and avocado. Why didn't they start that from the very beginning? It's amazing. So check it out. You're welcome. I noticed the father's intentionality with his daughter, and I spoke to him about it. I provided for a friend on the street. I looked up jokes because I noticed how laughter helped soothe one of my people. I forgave somebody who intentionally hurt me. These are different things throughout me because I was praying this prayer that God prompted me towards action. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer. It doesn't say devote yourself to a prayer, right. a singular moment. It says devote yourself to prayer. It's continuous. It's a prayer state of mind that we take with us throughout our day. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Or more literally, be watchful in it by thanksgiving. John Piper talks about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and you remember he sees the sleepy disciples, and he says, um, he says essentially to, to guard yourself by being watchful and prayerful so that you not fall into temptation. And so he's saying, guard yourself to be vigilant and watchful and prayerful. And here we see in Colossians 4.2, uh, it, it, it teaches us that the way to watch is with thanksgiving. And so essentially what it's saying is guard yourself with gratitude. So when you're praying, give God thanks. Yeah. Find little moments to, be, uh, to, find, to have gratitude. And when you do that, not only does it bless the people around you, but it actually protects your own heart. You're guarding yourself. So when you're going out throughout your day, you should be praising God sometimes. God, I thank you. Praise God for that, what you just showed me. God, thank you for this awareness. Just begin praising God and, and talking to him. And you can talk to others about what you praise God about. You're guarding yourself. You're guarding your heart and your mind. And then when you guard yourself, then you lean into action. When God shows you something, you step into that moment. Abraham Heschel said, no religious act is performed in which prayer is not present. What is a sacred act? A prayer in the form of a deed. Develop a prayer state of mind. Number two, be a storyteller and be a story collector. Devote yourselves to prayer, the scripture says, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open up door for our message, i.e., a story. So that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. That's an interesting story, right? For which I am in chains. That's a story with adversity right there. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, that's a well-told story, as I should. So when God opens a door, we have this awesome privilege to share, to tell his story. Be ready when God opens a door. Be ready to share a story. And I love the way David Platt shares the story of when he had this chance to, to share God's redemptive story. And he talks about when he was in another country and he was with other religious leaders. And uh, the question was asked, so how do you find God? And they were going around the circle and different people were saying different things. But most of them were talking about how it's this journey towards God. And so it got to David. And he said, okay, so I think what I understand is that God is at the top of a mountain. And I think what we're saying is that um, all of us are taking a different path towards God at the top of a mountain. He said, well, what I believe is that God 
came down that mountain. And he sent his son down that mountain to us so that we can have relationship with him. And that's called, it's a fancy theological word, and it's called the incarnation. And it's the word made flesh. Jesus coming as the son of God into the world and giving his life for us so that we can have a relationship with God. And Jesus said this, he said, um, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. You say, well, that's kind of an exclusive club right there. But it's not. It's for anybody that would come. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that what? That whosoever believes in me shall not perish but shall have eternal life. Whosoever means whoever may come. That anybody can come to the foot of the cross and receive the gift of salvation and receive the gift that God has designed for us. We have to be able to tell the redemptive story of God. But we also have to be, uh, excuse me, be able to tell the redemptive story of God that he is writing through our lives. He's doing something unique in me. And so it's, God, it's God's grand narrative and then it's the micro narrative that God is writing through each one of us. Rick Richardson in Reimagining Evangelism, he said this. He said, the art of telling our own story is also the art and the act of discovering and declaring our identity and of finding the meaning in our lives. There's a story about a guy named Fred who uh, goes to prison, his first day in prison, and he's in the mess hall, and somebody stands up and yells, 46. Everybody starts laughing. So he leans over to the guy next to him, and he says, what was that all about? He says, well, some of us have been here so long that we don't tell the full joke anymore. We just tell the number. Just about then, a guy stands up. He goes, 123. People start dying laughing. Oh, my gosh, that guy's hilarious. He sits down. He's like, hey, tell me a, a, a joke that I can tell. He says, oh, people love 29. So he stands up, and he goes, 29. And nobody laughs. It's silent. So he sits back down. He's like, what happened? The guy goes, some people just can't tell a joke. <laughs> God is writing this redemptive story through our lives. And some of us have never took the time to cultivate his story and to be effective in telling the grace of God that he has given so richly to each one of us. Nicole talked about this. She said, we've got to know our own story. She said how she recounts God's faithfulness and milestone moments that God has for us. We are called to know our own story and to cultivate that and to lean into those moments. And so we've got some prompt questions that I want to put up behind us today. These are just simple questions that you can take some time on so that you can uh, cultivate that which God has done in you. And I'll just read a few of them. What were you like before Christ? I know for me, I was shy, I was sarcastic, I was directionless, I was self-centered. Another question, what has he brought you through? I know for me, he's brought me through a faith hero falling. He's brought me through my father dying when I was at a younger age. He's brought me through a long relationship that ended terribly. He brought me through broken relationships. He brought me through hopelessness. God has brought me through some stuff. Has God brought you through something today? God has brought us through. There is a testimony within us. Another question. What brought you to the point of trusting Christ? 
I know for me, I came to the end of myself. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I was in weakness. I didn't, I didn't have a path forward. And it was at that point where I surrendered my life to God completely. And I gave the reins over to him. And when I did, something happened in me. The Holy Spirit came on me and he filled me. And you know what? Guys, God gave me new life. He made me a person that I was not previously. He pulled out of me that which I could not pull out of myself. And he gave me regeneration. He gave me new life. And he gave me a purpose. I thank God today for his grace in my life. He has given you a story. Take time to cultivate that story. Get to know what God has done within you. In fact, if you go to the NCC app, you'll see message notes. And under the three campuses, there's a fourth one today. And it's, it's called Cultivate Your Testimony. And so in the NCC app, you can click there. And I want to encourage you. Would you consider today taking 15 minutes later on today? And this is a testimony worksheet. It's got prompts and questions and thoughts in scripture. And it's a one-pager. You go through this, and you can actually take some time to cultivate that which God has done within you. I enjoyed chatting with Matt and Nicole behind the scenes. You saw the video, but talking to them, each one of them has very different styles in sharing their faith. So Nicole, she plays offense. She's thinking about what God is doing, and, and she's ready in all circumstances. And Matt is a little bit more reactive. He's going through his day, and as things come to him, he kind of relates um, Christ to, to what's happening. And so very different styles. And I think all of us have different personalities and experiences. In fact, we're going to put a, a case study up behind me here today. And you'll see both personality types as well as different examples in Scripture to show that however God has wired you, you know what? He's going to use you in who you are. And he uses you in your uniqueness. And so feel comfortable in who you are. But also I know this, as you read the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit comes on people, you see two primary manifestations of the Spirit. You see people speaking in other tongues and you see people stepping out in boldness. And so boldness, no matter what our personality type is, I believe that the Holy Spirit desires to bring boldness into our life to share his word, no matter what style that is. Now, we're called to become a storyteller and we're also called to collect stories. Be a story collector. Dallas Willard said this. He said, the first act of love is always the giving of attention. Jesus asked 307 questions. He answered three. He was really inquisitive. He's a great listener. He taught through question asking. Proverbs 18 says, it's stupid and embarrassing to give an answer before you listen. We could use that one, right? Can we put that on uh, some of our buildings around here? <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad thing. Francis Schaeffer said, if I have an hour with somebody, I'm going to take 55 minutes to ask questions and listen. I'm going to take five minutes to speak truth. Pause. Everybody has a story to share. I love this week. Uh, our youth were uh, at NCC Youth Mission Camp. And they were all over the place. They were leading in our city, serving this city. And a shout out to all our young people out there that were a part of Mission Camp. So one of their experiences, yeah, we're going to give it up. Uh, one of our experiences was over at the D.C. Dream Center. 
and uh, had a great experience. And what they did there was they actually put together a meal, and they just had a meal for anybody to come as a free meal, and you can come and just receive this and hang out. And so they're out there hanging, and an older gentleman came, and he was just so touched by the hospitality and by the offer of community and food that he went over to Pastor Colin, and he asked him if he could share something. And so he had him stand up, and he started sharing his story. And he got up, and he began to speak, and he said, I spent 42 years in prison. And some of the young people leaned a little bit closer to Pastor Colin at that point. <laughs> a little bit nervous, just a tad bit nervous. But he continued on and he said, and I have overcome some things. And God has taught me some things. And you know what? I'm out now and I'm in a stable job. And, and he began to talk about God's redemptive story in his life. And you know what? He got seven standing ovations from our NCC youth while he was talking. Now, some of that was because he's not used to people listening to him, I think, and so he would get a standing O, and then he would say, well, actually, another thing uh, is, and he'd just keep going, right? But here's the thing. God was showing him in the moment uh, images of the value of God in his life. At the same time, uh, our young people were learning through listening. Something powerful happens when we just pause and stop and listening. When we become story collectors. Have you ever asked the story of your neighbor? Do you know the rich or the detailed story of your coworker? Be a storyteller. Be a story collector. Number three, act as a witness, not a judge. Acts 1.8, for you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. It doesn't say to be my apologist. It doesn't say to be my theologian. It says to be my witnesses. Yeah. A witness in a court of law is somebody who just shares what they see and what they have experienced, right? The Holy Spirit is described as an advocate. So you could say almost as a lawyer in that corner of law, right? And so our job as witnesses is to share what we have seen and what we've experienced. It's the Holy Spirit's job then to come and to interpret what was shared and to bring that home in the heart of the listener. Here's what Billy Graham said. He said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge, it's my job to love. We can't save anybody. That's not our job. Ephesians 2.1 says that we were dead in our sins. Listen, we're all on the same playing field. Every one of us in this house, outside of this house, we're all the same because the scripture says, Romans 3.23, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. So we're all in the same scenario, in the same place. So our job is to commune with God, to be witness to his goodness, and then the word says that you will then become empowered through the Holy Spirit. Put Jesus in the center and then operate in boldness. That's our calling. Danielle Strickland tells a story about she was playing basketball on a team and one of her teammates and her decided to run and train for a marathon. And so they were training, getting to know each other. It was a second run. And uh, they're talking while they're training. And so her, her friend says, oh, after conversation, you're one of those Christians. <laughs> I says, yes, yes, I am. And she says, okay. So am I a project or am I a person to you? And it's that 
Do you feel that one? Because that's a lot of our fears, right? When we talk about sharing our faith. Like, ah, oh, I just, I don't want somebody to feel like a project. That's not our heart, right? We, we want organic, natural relationships like anybody else does. We just don't want to come across that way. And so she says that. She says, oh, you're absolutely a person to me. She says, okay, well, here's what we'll do. We can keep running and training together as long as you never talk about your faith. And so Danielle says, okay, hold on a minute. Am I a person or am I a project to you? <laughs> because she says, because my faith is such a deep part of who I am. You're asking me not to talk about a deep part of my soul to you. And so they had this wonderful conversation about what it means to be transparent in relationship. And the critical understanding is that our faith in Christ, it can't be compartmentalized to one part of our life, right? It's the center of who we are. And when it's at the center of who we are, when we share somebody else isn't a project, they're just receiving overflow from our heart and from our life. Listen, here's the thing. Uh, so they went on and they ended up finishing the marathon. By the end of the marathon, her friend actually started following Christ. Not because she was a project, because she saw Danielle's authentic faith lived out and she realized there is truth in her. There is grace in her. And maybe I have something to learn and maybe God has something to give to me. Act as a witness, not a judge. Number four, call out the image of God in others. I had an appointment at my medical provider this week and it's a large medical provider and so it's a bit like a, like, cattle herding, right? There's a lot of people going in and out. And so, you know, I, I don't know if you've been there before because, you know, the employees, I don't know if they were having a bad day as much as maybe a bad life, right? You know what I mean? Like anytime you go in there, it's rough and, and it feels like I got to apologize. I'm sorry. I wish I didn't need this medical <laughs> test. And, and you just feel like apologizing because I'm making you do your job. And like, this is hard. It's a hard moment, right? I'm just being honest. You've been there. You've been there before. And that's kind of the tenor of maybe the whole place. And so, and then my number gets called and it's like the greatest time of my week. My number finally got called. Oh my goodness. I've been waiting for so long. And I go in and this technician, you know, probably seen, sees like 500 people a day. So just people coming through. So I sit down and I'm just ready for it, you know. Okay, here's another interaction. Here we go. And she kind of stuns me because she stops me and she's locked in. Okay, man, we're so glad you're here. Thanks for being here today. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this and that. And a lot of people nervous, but I'm feeling really good about this. You're going you're to make it through this thing and we're going to communicate this thing over here afterwards. And here's how. And I just had to stop her. Like, can you just pause for a second? Thank you <laughs> for being kind. And I just have to thank you, because I'm going to admit, I came in with kind of a business mindset, and I was getting a little bit annoyed in this environment. And then I came in, and I needed this interaction, and you just showed me God's grace today. So I just want to say thank you, and God bless you today. And I don't think she was used to hearing something like that, <laughs> because she then had a little moment. She's not used to getting that kind of thanks. She's not used to getting called in in that way. And so we just had a little moment there. Listen. Sometimes when we think about sharing our faith, we think we have to share about all the differences that we have with other people, right? What if you flipped it a little bit? 
What if you start thinking about sharing your faith? I love sharing my faith where I call out where people break the kingdom of God into my life because of their actions or because of their heart. Sharing your faith is, is calling out the image of God, noting things that you learned about God because of your neighbor. I just want to tell you, you showed me something about my God today, and I'm going to connect the dots for you. Connect God's purposes in other people's lives. Be a prophet in your neighborhood. Allow God to show you those things and show you those moments. How do we do that? We pray, we become aware, we listen, and then we speak out boldly and show God's image to somebody else. Listen, we've never looked into the face of another person that isn't an image bearer of God. No matter how disconnected they are, how much turmoil they're in, no matter how much tension is there, they still have the image of God on them and they have something to teach me about who he is. See it in them. See it. Open up our eyes and draw it out. I shared this the other night at House of Prayer, but uh, we recently had the opportunity to get over to Ethiopia and we were with Pastor Zeb and his family and it was, it was a wonderful time and uh, Ella and I and Aman and Baruch and Ariam, and we just had this really fantastic trip, but we were over there, and God just got a hold of my heart. I've been praying for the next generation, and man, in prayer, God got a hold of my heart. I woke up, it was like two hours in the middle of the night, it's 1 a.m., I'm praying until 3 a.m., I'm still going, because God gripped me with this idea of, of naming in Ethiopia, because when you name, you don't just name a child for that child, you name it and connect the dots to the different generations, and so my uncle Beta Mengistu, for instance, Beta, Bet means house. And so house, he is, he's a place of comfort and love and joy and healing, right? It's a beautiful name in and of itself, but he named his son Emmanuel, God with us. And so you actually connect those names, though. You connect them together. And so it's, it's put together, it's a house where God rests, right? It's a house where the Lord remains and where he is. And then Amon had a son named Baruch, which means blessed. And so then you have a blessed house of the Lord. How about that? Wow. A place where God's blessing shows up. And so everything is connected. So when you name somebody that your name is not a meaning just in and of itself. No, when you become fully who God meant you to be, it's not just about you. You bring a whole new meaning to that which came before you. Come on, somebody just received a word today, right? And so then when you pass on faith to a next generation, that next generation and the living out of their faith and them becoming fully who they are called to be in God then brings new meaning to my life. How about that? So God shows up through meaning, through generations. Don't name somebody by their flesh pattern. See who God sees in them. And when you name them as God sees them, calling out the image of God, you break generational curses. This is what happens. I love a story about Aunt Sophie, Pastor Z's mother, that she, was, she led a church where Ethiopian refugees in Nairobi, Kenya. And so she's down on the altar, and somebody comes down the altar, and, and this woman comes down, and her name, it meant, you came when I didn't want you. That's what her name meant. So Aunt Sophie hears this, and she's praying with her, and she renames her in the altar. She gave her a new name, and she didn't use her old name anymore 
For the rest of her life, she used this new name, and that's what she went by. In a moment, she broke a generational curse. She stopped it. She pressed against the enemy and pushed him back, and she called out the image of God in this woman and changed the trajectory of her life. What word are you speaking over your coworker? What word are you speaking over your family member? Oh, Lord, come on. God, help us to see as you see. Give us your word. Help us to call out your image. In Isaiah, God says, I have called you by name. Help us to see, God, the name that you see in others. Listen, I'll close with this, and worship team, you can come. I had a conversation last Sunday with my mom. She was fired up. It's 15 minutes after the service, talking about intentional. She got a call from uh, her former neighbor's son who asked uh, if he could come over. And my mom's invested probably a decade in this family and just been there for him over the years. And she's poured a lot into him. And in fact, um, when the father was passing, uh, they called in my mom to pray with them and uh, talk about what heaven looks like and things like that. And so she's just always been there. She's like the chaplain to their family. Like that's just the relationship there. And so, but, but the son just always has kind of pushed back in a respectful way, but just not interested in the things of God. So he calls her, hey, can I come over? I was just in town. And so he comes over and they talk for about an hour. He's sharing stories at the end of the conversation. He said, that's why I came over here because I knew you would have a word for me. And I came, and you know what? I've just been pushing away from God. You know what? It's time for me to come back to God. And they just had a moment, and they talked through it, and they prayed through it, and God did a work in his heart. And here's the thing. Uh, My mom was talking about how, you know what? I've invested for like 10 years, and I, I know God's calling me to do this, but sometimes I just wonder, is God really using me? And then we talked about intentional And we shared about how it takes thousands of insignificant moments to get to one significant moment. And I just had a significant moment. She was a little bit fired up. I just went through that. And 10 minutes after this sermon, God shows up in this moment. And you know what? That's a work that only the Holy Spirit can do. But praise God that he desires to co-mission with us because he used her intentionality, her investment in the mundane moments of life and in her preparedness to share truth and grace of Christ within her. You know what? If I were boiled today down to one takeaway, last week the, the, the boiling down would be, hey, if you just start praying a prayer, God, where are you at work? How can I be a part? I would say today, if there was one thing to take away, I would say this. Lean into that testimony worksheet. Cultivate your testimony. Be ready to share when God opens up doors for you to step into because I believe that he has divinely ordered your footsteps and that this week is not an accident. Every moment that you have this week, the word says that he has prepared good works in advance for you to step into. So I believe it and we say it often. So step out of this place boldness in your step because the Holy Spirit has ordered your footsteps. So church, let's live our faith intentionally. Can I get an amen right here? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.